Welcome to the show where people of color tell you how they made it in life, business, and work, despite the speed bumps along the way. I'm Liz, and this is another episode of Live to Thrive Podcast. We're here to charge you up. In every episode, entrepreneurs, innovators, and change makers give away all their tips and tricks and shortcuts so you can beat friction and fly higher no matter how unlikely the world thinks it is. Your story is still in the making. You will get to the top. Get inspired, get moving, prove the world wrong, and let's go. Tune into another story of someone who is just like you. Hi, Live to Thrive podcasters or listeners. <laughs> I am your host, Lizzie Kutia, and I'm so happy to be back in the podcasting saddle. Um, and I'm so excited for my special guest. Um, I call you Lex, but do you have a, is that, is that good? Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I go by Lex. It's just easier. <laughs> Yeah, so I have Lex on the podcast with me today, but before we start, we're going to be popping bottles for a celebration. Yeah. (laughs) New houses, new, new, you know, new energy, back to podcasting, we're flourishing, so. Yes, so one, two, three. Lex, I'm so excited to have you on here, so um, we want to start, I want to get to know you, I want to know what you do, I want to know what gets you ticking. Um, so a little bit of Live to Thrive. Live to Thrive is a podcast where I focus on people of color um, that are change makers, entrepreneurs, innovators, and they give us tips and tricks on to, you know, making, giving you a little bit of hope and, and excitement for life and um, I mean, this is a very, this is a safe space. We talk about what people go through and how they overcome the challenges that they've gone through in their lives. So, Lex, I'm really excited to get to know you. Um, and so, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. Is your full name Lex? Let me know. Let's get that out there first. So, no, it's not. Um, so, my full name is Alexia, but mm-hmm. literally from the time I've been able to say my own name, one, first of all, growing up. I couldn't say my own name. So like, cause I, I still kind of have a lisp. Like I, I've always had it, but it's gotten a little bit better. Um, yeah. But I used to call myself like a yesia. Like I literally could not like pronounce my name. Oh. Um, and then um, my sister, I have two older sisters. So one of them started calling me Lexi and I would still say yesi or, you know, I, I like, I just couldn't pronounce words. <laughs> and um yeah, and then, like, people, for some reason, if they can't remember my name, because um, Alexia isn't as common as, like, Alexis or Alex, like, that's always what they default to, or people will be like, oh, like, Alexa. I hope she didn't hear that, because she picks up on everything. But, like, yeah, so I just, it's always just been easier to go by Lex, because I hate having to, like, recorrect people. You know, it just feels awkward. So I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's just Lex. Just keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. And so... Um, when did you, were you born and raised in Washington? Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Tukwila, 
very small little area. If you know where South Center Mall is, then you know all of Tukwila for the most part. Yeah. Um, literally from the time I, I guess we moved in when I was like three from South Park, which is like West, like right outside of West Seattle, basically. Um, and yeah, from the time I was three until I was 18, I lived in Tukwila. And then I moved from Tukwila to Cedar Park, a.k.a. Lake City. Um, when I turned 18, I went to go live with my dad because my parents were divorced. And then I got my first place <laughs> literally like five blocks away from my dad's place. It was really funny. Um, and then from there, I moved to West Seattle. And then now I live in Capitol Hill. <laughs> oh, nice. I was like, yeah, don't tell like your exact um, <laughs> location. <laughs> I know. It's crazy because... I I feel like Seattle is so small. Like, even if you don't tell someone where you live, like, if you know the city well enough, like, at least for me, I can see, like, a smidget of something. And I'm like, oh, you're at, like, this cafe. Oh, you're over here. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's so small. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah. It, it. I mean, moving here from Santa Barbara, I feel like Seattle is so huge for me. So it's like. Really? Yeah, like, I'm still getting used to it. I've only been here for a year. But, like, what what work do you do? I know that you – are you an entrepreneur, right? You have your mm-hmm. own hair you, – you have your own hair salon. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, well, it's actually in my apartment. So, uh, during the pandemic, I got laid off from my job, and um, I was in hospitality before. That was my, my last job before the pandemic. Um, but I was still doing hair on the side. So in order to like supplement income, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take these little unemployment checks and I'm just going to go full force into this hair thing. So I moved into, I moved out of my townhouse into, um, this apartment so that I could have studio space. Cause before I like had roommates and stuff, it was just like, I gotta get out of here. So I moved here. I have a studio in my apartment, um, that I do hair from, I do custom wigs. I do extensions. I do blowouts. Um, recently I've been dabbling in makeup. I just became a part of a local production team called swim team. So I do hair and makeup from them or for them from time to time. Um, I used to be a personal stylist for, I worked at Nordstrom for like six years, I think. Um, I've worked in restaurants. I've worked in hospitality. I've worked at, you know, B2B startups. Like I've worked in telecom. Like I've, I've, I do a lot. <laughs> and so how, how, tell me a little bit of your, like your experience working in different fields. Like, is that, was that something that you wanted to experience or was it just as a, um, a source of like just trying to make ends meet? Because, you know, for me, I did, I also worked in not actually, I don't work in a lot of different fields, but I was like a nanny at first. And then, after I was a nanny, then I tried to start, I started my own uh, freelance marketing business. And now, um, now I'm actually full-time and at a marketing agency. So like, I all, like those jobs before, you know, where I was kind of like, obviously finding myself and stuff, like what was your, cause you've got a whole array of different areas that you worked so what what was it like for you? Honestly, even till this day, I feel like life in general is just very stressful. 
And for me, I realized that I do my best and like, I feel my best when I keep myself busy. Um, so I feel like that's why the pandemic was so like weird for me is because this was really the first time in my life where like, I was just like sitting, like I have never, I hadn't done that since I was like, like ever, literally ever. Like I, when I was in third grade, I started playing sports. And from there on, I was always on at least two sports teams at any given time of the year. Um, I got my first job when I was 16. I was still playing sports. I was taking, you know, my classes and everything. Um, And yeah, I just feel like I've just always kind of kept busy, but I also come from a pretty like successful family, like in in terms of like, you know, self-starters and like entrepreneurship. Um, My mom owned her own business. Um, My dad, like, he's kind of like me. He's very like multifaceted where he, he has his hand in a lot of things. Um, I have two older sisters that are extremely educated, um, multiple degrees. Uh, my oldest sister just opened her. Um, she actually just quit. She just quit her job, her full time job to fully commit to um, her candle business. So she started making candles. And now she has a full candle oh, bar in um, Belltown. I guess that's Belltown. It's on first, but uh, and I had that pressure of just like, well, everybody's doing something like I need to be doing something too. And like, I just never wanted to be the one that like, wasn't doing something like it for me, yeah. it doesn't feel good. I feel like that's, I have a lot of shame that comes from that. Um, and where, and do you, where do you think that comes like, where does that shame stem from? If, is it just like you having your, having your family just be in multiple okay okay yeah I think so it was just like literally from like a very young age it was like you're in ballet you're learning guitar you're doing stuff like we're just always doing stuff my dad um is actually a reverend that's one of his many things and so like you know we were like the first family of, of you know Mount Zion Baptist Church which is like the biggest and like oldest church uh black church in I think on the west coast even um yeah and uh yeah, it's just, I just have always done that. I also, I, I, I think I, I typed this in my little bio. I hate talking about myself. It's very, for me, it's like kind of uncomfortable um, because I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, I just feel like I, growing up, I just, I wanted to try everything. I wanted to be good at everything. Um, yeah. And like sports actually is where like I really excel uh, every now and then I kind of like, like reminisce like wow what would it have been like if like I fully like pursued a career in like the sports field like I could have gone to multiple colleges to play fast pitch or soccer and I was just like but what's after that so I I didn't (laughs) and I took a year off after high school um and just worked at Nordstrom and um then I enrolled in culinary arts school at Seattle Central and it was like the first semester and I just came home one day and I just like fully broke down. I was just like, I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> no, yeah. Burnout. Oh my word. I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah. I feel like I was just kind of like kicked into life. Like, all right, do this, 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 this. And I just like haven't stopped. And like the pandemic was crazy. Cause I was just like, wow, like I've never just not had to work. Like I, I, I that's never been my life. Um, and it felt nice, <laughs> but I feel like the issue I've run into most recently, I would say within the last year is I took my hobby and made it my income. And like 
it's kind of like the joy has kind of been removed from it a little bit because before it was like I'm doing hair because it makes me happy or I have spare time but now it's like if I don't do hair I don't eat I don't have a place to stay like I can't feed my dog you know what I mean so it, yeah. there's a lot of pressure there because it's like I can't just stop <laughs> yeah but I know that like with your like you very successful with your hair business and stuff but I know that you also do events and stuff like that. I know that I've, I've come to a couple of yours. And um, what, where did that come from? Is that just also another side project that you have your hand in and, and yeah. experiencing with? Or what's the deal there? Me and my friends, we started, uh, we started doing like, you know, brunches and stuff with each other. Just a small group of friends. And then one day I was just like, yeah, like, you know, we'll come to my rooftop and we'll have just a, a small dinner. It's supposed to be 20 people. And then I looked up and my entire rooftop is just full of people. And I'm just looking around like, who, like how did this happen? Like the most recent one um, that you came to, Love Supreme, that actually was from the brain of uh, Vanya Guerrera, my best friend. But she, like I said, that's my best friend. I love her down. Um, she has this amazing creative mind and the party was to help launch her new collection, um, Hoes Don't Cry, which, but yeah, and it was to highlight, it was to highlight black and brown businesses. So we wanted to include as many different types of people um, in the same room. So we had people yeah. selling clothes, we had people selling cupcakes, we had a tattoo artist, we had people selling plants, like we had live performances. We're just like, yeah, we're gonna make this space like as inclusive as possible and just make it a good time, make it a safe space for everyone. And it was, it was a good time. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was such a good party. And I mean, I got myself a hose don't cry uh, um, set. I love it. And every time I wear it, people are like, where did you get that from? I'm like, yeah. this is the handle. Go support <laughs> black open businesses. Thank you. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. I'm all about that. Like all about it. Um, do you feel like this is your path, like, you know, having your hair um, as a, your own business? Do you think this is your path or do you think you're going to maybe venture into something completely different and something new? Um, I definitely think I'm going to be doing something different and something new just based on, like, the track of my life. I've, I've never yeah. not just done the same thing forever or at one time, like I'm all, I always just have my hand in something different. I don't like feeling yeah. stagnant or like limited. Um, cause that also, it makes me, it, it brings me shame. I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my, so my mom actually, she's a, she's a licensed, uh, hairdresser, cosmetologist, uh, everything, esthetician. Um, she actually owned her own hair salon in the central district back, you know, before I was born and whatnot. Um, and you know, my mom always did hair. Like if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be a hairdresser today, I would not believe you because until I didn't even learn how to do my own hair until I was like 19 because my mom was oh, doing my hair. Yeah. I'm, I'm 27 yeah. by the way now. So yeah. And my mom stopped doing my hair when I turned 18. She's like, you have to do it yourself. Mind you, she had done my hair every week for my entire life. Like, and then she was just like, I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm like, help me like what yeah. uh, and so I started going to hair salons where I met my then best friend 
who, you know, um, kind of just through our friendship taught me stuff about hair. And then when she moved to California, I was like, well, shit, like, what am I going to do? And I was, I was literally flying to LA like every month. And so I was going back and forth to LA and I was just like, okay, I need to just kind of figure out how to do this myself. And I just started watching YouTube videos, trial and error, wasting a lot of money. Um, and then girls started complimenting me in the club. Like who does your hair? Like, this is so cute. Like who did your wig? And I was like me. And I really only started doing hair because people asked me to. And then I started doing it full time because I didn't have another choice. I was like, well, this is something that I'm good at. Everything is closed right now. And I I can just make this happen here. So I just did it. But it was like, that was not my plan at all. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's awesome that you found it, like found out that way. Like, because I feel like people don't experiment as much anymore and I feel like well before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit and everybody was experience like experimenting different things because all you had to do is what advice would you give a person of color trying to make it in today's world like I know the world today is a very ugly place I mean it's been a very ugly place for a very long time It's so ghetto, ghetto. So, yeah, what do do you have any advice? Um, my advice, and this is advice that I'm I've been giving myself because I still do this from time to time. Um, is just don't doubt yourself if you. And it sounds so corny because I feel like you know you watch all those people. They're like, oh, you just gotta believe in yourself. But it's like, it, it's, that's really it. Like I, I started doing this because I literally didn't have another option. And like, I took like the last little bills that I had. It was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to make it work. And if it don't, then I, I don't know. At least I could say I tried like, and I, that's just what it was. So I would just say, don't, don't doubt yourself, but also don't let other people's doubt of you, like fully influence, like what you're going to do. Cause I feel like that's kind of how I ended up in the position that I am right now. It's like, I had my, my parents and my siblings pressuring me like, Oh, you should go to school for this. Why don't you do this? And then I'm just like, well, I don't want to do any of that. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? And I was, I worked all those jobs because I was just trying to do something, but it's like, I didn't want to do any of that. And like now, like I have the opportunity to like live my life the way I want to. Cause like I make my own schedule, you know, I, I do, I do it all myself. I don't have anyone helping me. So it's like, you know, I feel, I love that. And I feel like you have been a, a very independent person from since the day you were born. I feel like, cause you said you, you went out on your own. Well, you got a job at 16 and, you know, so like, do you think that, having a job at like such a young age because I'm South African I didn't uh yeah like it was when I was 16 I was just I was just trying to focus on school I didn't think of you know getting a job getting a job and you know and doing any of that stuff do you think that in America as a a black woman and uh black person is there that pressure that you need to kind of 
hustle, 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 hustle all the time. Absolutely. And I would say it's, it's over exaggerated. Um, like for me, it's given me a lot of anxiety because I'm constantly like pushing myself past this point where it's like, I've already done enough, but I'm doing significantly more just to make sure that nobody can tell me that like, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like if I try to, I try to think of like a, like an analogy or something, but like, yeah, I feel like every job that I've had, at least like where I wasn't working for myself, um, people would look at you like, okay, well you came to work and you did all this, this day. How come you didn't do it like this today? And it's like, well, you know, I'm a person. So I I come with, you know, variations of myself. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I might've had a great performance that day, but you know, today I woke up late, I'm tired. And like, I only have one eyelash on, so sorry, but this is what you're getting. I'm here. <laughs> and so I, I've, I've at least been able to kind of like take a breath in that department because working for myself, I'm like, oh, shoot, like I forgot to do this, whatever. Like, OK, cool. I'll take care of it. Like, I know that I am the only one that can get in my way right now. Like before, yeah. I felt like I had all like the pressure of people being like, did you do your duties? Did you clock out? Did you do this? Da, da, da. And it was just like, I just like want to go to work, do my job and go home. Like I'm here for a check. Like I'm not yeah. here for all the other stuff. And I feel like when I first started working, you know, because I, I did start working so young. My first job was at Hollister, which I don't know if you mm-hmm. just watched the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary, yeah. but yeah. it's pretty fucking accurate. That place was hell. Um, How, I want to know your story with that as a woman of color in that environment. How How did how did it go down? Like how, how was working there? Tell me. Honestly, I, I commend my, my younger self for, for getting through the stuff that I got through just because like, I was so naive. I was, I I was like, I still feel like I'm pretty naive, but like, I was so naive when I was younger and not in the regard of like, I just didn't know how to do stuff. It's just like, I just didn't understand like how cruel people could be. Um, because like I said, like I grew up with PK. So like, which is a preacher's kid, my dad's a reverend. So like, I yeah. didn't, I never wanted to, you know, smoke or drink or date or, you know what I mean? Like I had like a, I was broken up with, because I wouldn't make out with my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like I was just, I never, I never wanted to like be older than like what I was. I never wanted to have to do these things, but it was like, you know, you get put in a position and you just have to do it. And so when I worked at Hollister, uh, the discrimination I faced, it was like, I didn't even, I didn't even understand what was going on. So I was just like, well, why would that happen? Like, I'm doing my job. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. Like, you know, it's like, I, I grew up in a really diverse area. I grew up in Tuck It was like the most diverse school district in the entire country. So it's like, I was constantly around people who looked like me or didn't look like me, but like, you know, I wasn't always around white people. And out of the entire group of people, I'm the only one that gets hired. I think there's like probably 10 people they did a group interview. When you got out of the 10 people, were you, uh, was it 10 black girls or mixed no. or? No, it was, it was a mix of people because this, it was in uh, South Center Mall. So, Siltapula, so there was some white people, there were Asian people, Mexican, there, there was a little bit of everything. Um, and like if you watch the, the documentary, they talk about the diversity hire. I was the diversity hire. I was one of four black people in my entire 126 employees store. And I got hired because they needed to meet a quota. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was pretty and, you know, they hire pretty people. But like, 
I was the only black one, so all right, cool, we'll just take her. And that was like the first job I ever got, first job I ever interviewed for, and I got. And I was like so excited because, you know, everybody wants to work at Hollister, Abercrombie and Fitch. I'm like, yes, I got a little 20% discount. Like, I was pumped. Um, but yeah, they wanted, you know, they wanted, they wanted you to have that look, the classic girl next door look. And one day I come in after soccer practice. So my hair is like natural because I, you know, showered and everything. So I was sent home. They said, come back when your hair is straight. That was literally what I was told. Oh and if I had been told something like that today, not only would I, would I sue, I would fight. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't believe that people had the audacity audacity to tell you how to wear your hair tell you what is appropriate and what is not appropriate especially if it's a white, white person telling a person of color that their hair is not appropriate for something and it's like it's on my head it's what we do like how are who are you to tell me that my hair is not appropriate that's why I really I follow this Instagram page that, excuse me, is called the Crown Act, and oh, yeah, yeah. They, they yeah they passing um, laws about you know people of color and their hairstyles and stuff like that in the place of work and things like that. So I mean, how did you feel in that moment when you got sent home? Oh, I cried. I cried. Um, I didn't for what I told my family or like my parents, but I also didn't really talk to my parents like that when I was that age. Like I said, I was, I was too naive to even know that like, that was like full on racial discrimination, like without yeah. a doubt, like that's something that could not be challenged. Um, and how did you, how long did you stay there for? I think I started at Hollister in like 20, that had to have been like 2010, 2011. What is your day to day life look like? Do you have like a routine uh, what's like the one thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? My dog. My dog. <laughs> my dog. I was like, okay, once I get my salon together and everything, I'm going to get a dog. Cause like, I've, I've always had a dog since the time I was seven. And, and then like my last dog passed away in 2018. And like, I wasn't ready to get another one. Cause it was like very tragic. Um, so I was like, okay, I think I'm finally ready. Cause I was like, I was working on like myself, but like also still like very depressed and like anxious. And I was just like, you know, I know we're quarantined, but like I was just inside a lot. And I was just like this, like my friend's like, this is a healthy bitch. Like you need to get up. And um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I think I'm ready to get a dog. And so I got a dog so that like I would have another reason to get up and also just kind of like, you know, something to look forward to. Like dogs make me happy, like happier than anything. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't think there's anything that makes me happier than dogs. Like, uh, right. and, and he's obviously your support system. Like, he's yes. your buddy. He's my happy yeah. place. He goes everywhere. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And, and how do you, you said you get anxiety and stuff like that. And has your dog really helped with that? Or do you do any rituals or any, um, you know, mental health things that keep your, your anxiety in check now? Um, so I'm actually right now I'm looking for a therapist and a psychiatrist because, um, a few years ago I was medicated because I, I have a lot of like other things going on. And like, I'm pretty sure at this point that I have ADHD, it, it hasn't been officially diagnosed, 
Um, but the last time I was evaluated, they said that I was definitely leading that way. So I think with everything that's like happened the last couple of years, it's become more apparent to me. Um, and then like, as far as my anxiety goes, I've had anxiety since I was very young and I, I've been depressed since I was very young. Um, I would say I've, I've had anxiety probably since I was like 10. Um, and I've been depressed since I was like 14. And so for me, like, I, I do like to keep a routine. I do like, like to keep it or myself organized. I also, I write on my mirror because I, I sometimes, you know, I have those intrusive thoughts that are like, you know, that make me feel like I'm not worthy of the life that I'm building for myself. So I'll write, you know, affirmations on my mirror so that like when I get up in the morning to go do my skincare routine, that's the first thing I see when I'm, you know, just in the bathroom. Like I see it like you're supportive, you're kind, like you're passionate, like just like seeing those things and be like, okay, I have that. Like, yeah, I have that. I Um, love that. I really love that. My anxiety has gotten so crippling lately because of pressure from work my new job and um just feeling like I'm kind of out of place you know and also just those that imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. of like telling you and also I'm the only black woman there right so I like have this like this imposter syndrome where I'm like I feel like I'm sticking out like a sore thumb first of all and I have to like talk a certain way and be a certain way and mm-hmm. like I get like the strip and it's a new thing it just like started like a month ago so I love that you that that you you know do that affirmation like I used to be so confident and I don't know if it's like uh if it's get it when you get older you have these in like insecurities but I'm like but no, you shouldn't. When you get older, you shouldn't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about right. you, right? Yeah. And um, so it's like, yeah, it's that having to remind yourself that you're worthy. You're supposed to be here. You're here for a reason. You And it's something that I feel like not just me, but black women, black people deal with when they're in a, an environment that they feel like, oh, did, do I deserve to be here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I love that, like, you just, the the first thing you said is don't doubt yourself, you know, keep pushing, don't, you know, let anybody's um, views, you know, defer you from who you're supposed to be. And and then also the affirmations of writing things on, on the mirror, and like having your own space is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just love that you just pointed that out because I just connected with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are ending the near of we near the end of our podcast. And so I would like to know one little tidbit that you can leave us with today that can give someone a little bit of, you know, hope in where they are in life that, you know, no matter where you at, that like you can get, you can just get that little bit further. Um, 
And just like advice, if you have any advice you want to share, uh, we would absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just goes with what you said, like, just don't doubt yourself. I feel like that's been like my, my biggest thing in life is like, I just keep realizing that to like new levels. Like, it's just like, wow, like had I not like let the opinion of this person come in, like I would have just done it and it would have been fine. Like, like as corny as it sounds, just fuck all them other people. Like, um, social media is, is a curated experience. Anything that you are putting out onto social media, you're doing that because that's what you want people to see. How they perceive that is completely up to them. Right. Yeah. Like, but I would, I would just say like, don't, don't let other people's idea of you become your reality because that's going to fuck you up time and time again. Totally. I love it. I love it. And so if the peeps want to know where to, to find you on social media, just talking about social. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, social media sucks, but follow me. No, I, so that's the thing. I love, I love social yeah, media. It's, it's, it's the experience to like, or the, the opportunity to experience people in ways that you might not be able to in real life. Just know that there is so much more going on in real life. Exactly. No, <laughs> totally. Totally. I, I agree with you. And so where, where can people find you? Do you have any, any last minute plugs? Instagram is wonderfully dope. Uh, my Twitter is wonderfully dope. Well, thank you so much, Lex, for being on Live to Thrive podcast. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate that you took time yeah. out of your busy day to be on here with me. Thank you for having me. That's all for today's show. I hope you've taken plenty of notes and ready to start making real shifts and shakes in your life. Until next week, connect with me on Instagram at Live to Thrive Pod. That's L-I-V-E-T-O-T-H-R-I-V-E-P-O-D. Don't forget to rate the show on iTunes or Spotify. Ratings help us keep showing up for you. Till next time, see you then.